Hello everyone, welcome to the Got A Case of Wanderlust podcast, a show dedicated to all things travel. I'm your host Lydia, and on this episode, you'll hear a conversation between me and another fellow traveler that will hopefully inspire you for your next travel adventure. If you enjoy listening, consider following the show and giving it a rating on Spotify, or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave a quick review. It would mean so much to me. All right, thank you so much for being here today. Hello, everyone. I'm here with a special guest today. Her name is Lou Colmenares, and she is the host of the Solo Female Travelers, Travelers podcast. Um, and I'm super excited to talk with her because she's been to 25 countries, for one, and she's had her podcast for three years, so um, much more experience than me. And I'm excited to talk to her about all the things travel, solo female related, podcast related, and of course, you know, all things travel. So welcome to the show, Lou. Thank you so much, Lydia, for having me. Yes. So the first question I always like to ask is what sparked your wanderlust? You know what? I don't, I don't know if that is something that we are born with or it's like an experience. Um, but I was always, I, I am a very curious person and I always knew that there was more of the world to see. Me being from a, a small city town in Venezuela, I, I always knew that there was something more than just, you know, going to the farm on the weekends and and just like doing like the same thing every day. And I remember that I, there was a show that it was called Bitacora it's in Spanish. So uh, there was this woman that every Sunday she will visit remote areas in Venezuela. And I remember always watching that show and deeply admiring that person. I actually, I still follow her on Instagram and I send her DMs once in a while. <laughs> um, but <laughs> she, responds. she responds, even though she has like 3 million followers, she responds. So, um, so I don't I don't know. Sometimes I feel that I was born with it, and not only that I am curious, I am very determined. So I always made things happen. I remember um, after I graduated from high school, I will hitchhike around the country because I didn't have any money to travel. So I will do that. And but then also, if we take it back to experience, like if it was experience that sparked um, my my love for travel. I think it also was that show that I used to watch on Sundays. Um, so I think that it's, it's, it's something very personal to, to everyone to, to either identify if it was an actual moment or like you just know that you are going to be a, a traveler since you were a kid. Yes, definitely. I think it, of course, depends, which is why I love to ask that question because, you know, some people like, like for me, I would say I've, it's just been in me like innately I've always knew I wanted to explore the world but for some people it's like a certain trip or you know a certain person like in your instance so it's always um interesting to see um so I would love to know about your kind of life in Venezuela because you did live there for um, a significant portion of your life and and so I kind of wanted to talk about uh how the Venezuelan culture kind of influenced your um your yourself right now and also how did it support or did it not support um your traveling lifestyle got it yeah well 
thank you for that question. I don't think everyone has ever asked me that. So uh, let me think about it for for a few seconds. Yeah, take your time. How it has influenced the person I am right now? Well, you know, we have a very laid-back culture and we're very community-oriented. So um, I still try to to keep those characteristics here in the United States, you know, like trying to stay in touch with my friends and see them pretty often. And, and also I, I, I have, uh, I have a lot of patience that, which is, you know, growing up in a country like Venezuela, where um, I also a significant part of my life, I grew up under a socialist government, which is still uh, in power. So we didn't have water for days. We didn't have electricity for days. Like some, f- sometimes you wouldn't find certain types of foods in the supermarket or like things like toilet paper. So I will say that it has taught me a lot of patience and also a lot of gratitude because here in the United States, we have so much that like sometimes little things like buying a toilet paper that is extra soft, like brings me so much joy because th- there were things that I didn't have access to uh, back in my country. And even either if you have the money or not, it's just like you didn't find them. Um, also, things, and then I would say like things that didn't support me was the the mindset there that, especially when it comes to women, we have to... We have like a certain roadmap that we should follow. I remember growing up, the things that I I would hear were things like, oh, you should find a rich husband or you should marry a rich guy or don't behave that way because men don't like that. So I, that totally, like that didn't support me because I kind of feel that I couldn't really show my true personality because what if, not only men, but what if only people around me don't like that? So I always felt like I was walking on eggshells. Um, also, ways that also didn't support me support me as well is, at least in the environment I was in, again, I, I am from a small town in the southern part of the country. I just feel that people there, at least in my environment, didn't have as much emotional intelligence so it was really hard to have conversations with them or setting boundaries and then when I came to the United States I experienced a whole different environment where you know people understand boundaries and where women have more independence and more power to themselves and also here in the United States it's it's more about you know, do what makes you feel good, like focus on yourself. And before I was just like, in back in Venezuela, I was more in the mindset of, oh no, I got to make sure that everyone around me is feeling well. And I don't know, I know also from what I think starting last week, I know also um, Eastern cultures are like that. They, they, like the main goal is to keep the harmony in the community, in the society. And then that they make sure that everyone is doing well except themselves. And so honestly, coming here to the United States was a, a fresh, a, a breath of fresh air because I was like, oh, I am allowed to focus on myself. <laughs> so that that was um, amazing. That is amazing to hear. Well, I definitely want to say that I always admire people who have the courage to follow their dreams, despite, you know, the barriers that are presented to them. And 
I can relate specifically um, in your case because I was listening to one of your podcast episodes and you mentioned that your parents were not super understanding of your traveling ambitions and uh, on a similar level I can relate so how did you find you know that confidence and that strength to still pursue what makes your heart alive you know despite everyone around you saying that you know it's not a good idea or just didn't support it necessarily back then I remember back then I was just like, but why? I I I I you know that every family has that one member that is always questioning everything and everyone is getting upset at. That was me because I was always questioning everything. It's like why? But why? Why? Like why are you guys living this way? And like why don't you travel? And I also understand again that this is the societal pressures that they had were different. It was more. Towards family again, for women, it was more about finding that rich guy or like that guy that can provide for the family. And um, I remember for for my parents, I just I just did it. I mean, my parents didn't really agree with anything. Uh, they didn't even agree with me coming to the United States. My mom did, but my my dad didn't, and I just came, even though he you know didn't talk to me for a while. And I think that when you have those desires to travel, I mean, just do it. You're 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 not hurting anyone. It's not like you're going to commit any major crime, <laughs> you know. So you have to be really clear within self and and be like, okay, I have this desire to go travel, and I'm gonna make it happen, and and have a plan. And ninety percent of the time, when you have an idea that it's not aligned with the people, with other people's idea of what you should do. You are going to experience resistance and that's part of life. Just just go do it. I mean, nowadays my parents are like super proud of me for everything I have done. And sometimes they even say that they helped me to come to the United States. I'm like, you know, I, I let them be happy uh, <laughs> if that makes them happy. But I know that when I actually I was coming here nine years ago, I experienced a lot of resistance for, from my entire family. But I just followed that that gut feeling, you know, that I just know I have to do this and and that's it. And and also again when when you when you follow those feelings, you you have to make sure that you are not only accounting for the rewards but also the consequences. So it's like if you okay, if I'm gonna go travel and I experience resistance from my parents, am I ready to have like a big girl conversation with them and be like, hey, you know, this is what I'm going to do. And, you know, and parents may say things like, okay, but you live under a roof or la, 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 la. Uh, I don't know everything we did for you. I mean, you have to, you have to account for that and you have to find ways probably to, 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 to find some arguments to, to tell them back, you know, like, okay, like if, you know, maybe I can move out or maybe, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe it all depends uh, what your experience resistance with but that's everything in life and for me it has it like I feel that every new idea I get and when I start taking actions to it either if it is travel or business ideas there's always some sort of resistance so just just account for that and make sure to become a bigger person than 
than those resistance. And, and also there are some people that even if you explain it to them and you want them to get the, like the vision that you have or the big picture, they won't get it. And that's totally fine. For example, with my parents, they have never traveled. They, they don't know what it feels like. Um, so, and even my grandma, which was one person that really criticized me a lot when I, when I first came here and then when I started traveling so much, um, then, because then also I came to the United States, I got married, I started traveling. Um, and then at some point I got divorced, but not because of my travels, just other issues that I remember my grandma was all the time, like, why, why you, you got divorced because you traveled too much. And she will always say that. And then one day out of nowhere, she said, you know what? I know that I always have criticized you so much for traveling, but I wish I could have done the same. But instead, I spent all of my life here, um, not 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 following my dreams and also in a marriage that I was very unhappy in. And I was like, oh, man. So, you know, even, even the people that... <sighs> Even the people that is, you know, resistance to to you doing certain things, just do them because maybe, maybe you know they they are doing that because you are living a dream that was theirs as well, but they didn't have the courage to do it. I absolutely love everything you just said, um, and I completely agree. People may you know say things that seem like they're trying to look out for your best interest, um, but that's not supporting your dreams. And that's only because they are not following their own dreams. And, you know, in reality, you know what's best for you. And at the end of the day, it's your life. And you can consider what other people say, but it should never dictate what truly makes your soul happy and the most authentic to you. And that's something I'm trying to learn for myself because you know, resistance isn't always easy, especially when it's coming from someone you love or someone close to you. But um, I think that resistance means that you're doing something worthwhile and that's never something to run away from. So I I kind of yeah. like to follow up on, on a couple things, one on intuition, but also on um, the differences that you experience coming from, you know, a society that was more patriarchal to the United States that was more, that's less patriarchal. Yeah, how is that experience like? I mean, looking back, when I, when I came the first year, I, it was really hard. I, I just didn't understand it. And, um, well, like the patriarchal aspect, I didn't start paying attention to it until like three, four years later. But um, I remember at the beginning, what I didn't understand was like the individualism, right? Like what is everyone in their own bubbles and just like, okay, I something I, I, I used to like that I didn't get but now I do that all the time it's like okay you know when I am with a friend it's like oh when are we going to meet again and and then it's like okay let me check my calendar it's like okay that's two weeks sound okay and then okay I can meet you from from five from from this hour to that hour um I I didn't understand that and then when it came to uh the patriarchal aspect I mean it's 
I don't like it's oh, man. <laughs> it's it's very interesting because I mean I don't I mean I have like mixed opinions about this because I've lived in both both places like in both with both uh, sides of the spectrum. But I mean sometimes like that caught my attention is that you know in here in here women work and they they work and most of them do half and half but then but then also they decide to have kids and then someone else is taking care of their kids that's something that kind of like i find very interesting whereas back in venezuela for example you have a whole community they pretty much raising a child because like let's say you have a baby and then you have the aunt you have the grandma you have the neighbor and like everyone is willing to help so um and then also if the mom doesn't work the mom you know can can take care of the baby kind of so um when it comes to like child care i think that kind of like i don't really agree with the way it is with the united states but then also when it comes to like how how independent women are and like how it is okay for them to do so many things and and also safety as well because like I I remember back in Venezuela, um, domestic violence was was a normal thing. Like people like will accept it, you know, and not only towards women but towards kids again. So that's also something that um, I don't agree with it. And I know that one of the reasons to that is because you know if you depend entirely on your partner, um, that person will think that they own you and that have like any power over you whereas here you know if you go 50 50 um you know there's like an equal amount of respect i will assume um but but yeah i mean i maybe because i'm in my 30s i've been thinking a lot about like the childcare aspect of um of kids and plus i was in childcare for for about 10 years working as a nanny and working as a teacher so so just like that aspect is the the one i'm like okay maybe like some things are, are better there and and you know it takes a village to to raise a child so i mean that aspect i think is it's cool but then again when it comes to women i also think that you know when it comes to the independence bar um being able to apport to the house, being able to have your own money and being able to own your finances is very important, which is something that at least I didn't see in the environment I was in back in my country. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's very interesting and very sad to hear that it's so normalized in, in that culture. It is, it is. Actually, one episode I had recently with a, a psychotherapist from Mexico talking about like machism and, and how it affects women. Um, one of the main topics was that, like, you know, like things happen to women. She she shared some scary statistics about uh, violence towards women in Mexico. And, and it's like, yeah, and it's so normal. Like, oh, yeah, like, oh, 11 women die every so often. And it's like, oh, yeah, but it's like, Everyone talks about it. It's something that happens, and and then that, that's it. It's like another news, and just like oh well, in Latin America, there are like a, a bit things to do. Like there are a lot of things to do when it comes to women, and and especially about raising their confidence because also that was one of the main things we talk about. It's like confidence. If you don't have confidence, 
um, there's not really that like there's really not much you can do because you you won't have the like the confidence and the power to like to set some boundaries and, and to know what works for you and what doesn't and to take a risk. Yeah, it it's so sad for me because I think you know growing up in the U.S maybe we take it for granted about the privileges and freedoms that we have as women because it's just not a reality in some of these countries. And I guess it just blows my mind that, like, how are women not thought of equal still? Like, it's just crazy. And anyone who says, like, the patriarchy doesn't exist or doesn't consider themselves a feminist at this point is just, like mind-blowing to me yeah i mean that that that's what i of the also like the great things about travel you know you get exposed to different realities and you kind of like realize what you have been taken for granted granted in you in your place back home um and again i mean there there are different ways to do things you know there are also like cultures where women has have big positions of power and everyone goes to the grandma for advice and you're like wow this is amazing and it, I, don't, I don't know that's also one of the great things about travel getting exposed to those different realities and and and, and checking with you and be like okay like what do i have what should i be grateful for and uh what i should do more of and i what what did i learn from my experience that i want to integrate in my day-to-day life at home yes i completely agree <laughs> that like the cultural aspect of traveling is one of the most valuable. Um, What is one culture that had a a huge impact on, on you, on your mindset or just um, your, your travel experiences? I would say it was Indonesia. Uh, I would say around different islands in Indonesia and, you know, coming from the United States where, everything is about you know what we're always looking forward like what's next and like how can I be better how can I make more money how how can I be productive you know there you are always trying to be productive over there it's like a, a, a slower pace of life for sure and people are like so connected to to their spirituality and they and they, they were always like very family oriented and they will get together and make offers to the gods. And like that, that taught me a lot because it's like you will think that, oh, people here are poor, but are they really? I mean, maybe they don't have many materials possessions, but they do. They are very rich in other areas. And and also like they are like so connected to their spirituality that. I mean, probably for them, it doesn't make sense to work 12 hours a day and, and be productive. Um, so they're just like enjoying the day as as it is. And and that definitely caused a big Im- impression on me because I remember back then I used to work like 80 hours a week to be able to travel as much as I wanted. Uh, but then when I got to the places, I kind of will have that mindset still of like working and being productive and I will like schedule activities non-stop and then when I was in Valley it's like okay you have to slow down (laughs) (laughs) you have to slow down because that's the way things are here and that was a a great lesson in itself Mm. yeah there's something so beautiful about slow living and just 
the phrase stopping to smell the roses is something that comes to mind because it's something that's so against what the Western culture, at least like in the U.S., embodies. And so it's it's very refreshing to experience a different pace of lifestyle. And there's value to both for sure, but I think the U.S. can definitely benefit from learning how to be, you know, a little bit more um, in the moment and um, not so in a rush to be somewhere that, you know, is ultimately at the end of the day, like it doesn't matter. <laughs> like life is not a race. Exactly. No, it isn't. And yeah, we should all learn to be more present. And I feel like the biggest hypocrite right now because I'm definitely learning how to embrace that. And I'm always like thinking about what's next and and just like being trying to be insanely productive and then finding myself myself being bored out. And then it's like, oh, I'm bored out. Okay, I'll go travel. But but it shouldn't be that way. <laughs> um, speaking of misconceptions about different cultures and um, just cultural differences in general, can you describe or maybe combat any misconceptions about Latin American countries? Uh, yes, I have many <laughs> uh, misconceptions about Latin American countries. Okay. Not all in American countries, specific Colombia, is like the show Narcos. They are beautiful people. No, not everyone sells drugs and not everyone is related to Pablo Escobar. Uh, I think that will be the first one. Not everyone does drugs because that's also one that I, I, I actually I heard that last year. Um, another one, not all Latinas like to be considered sexy bombs. Not all of them look like Sofia Vergara. Um <laughs> um what else what else um you know a lot of people think that latin america is very dangerous and i there are areas which are very dangerous but also there are other areas where are super safe and usually the touristy areas are safe because it's in the locals best interest to to keep the you know to keep tourists coming in because it helps the economy it helps them and it helps their families. Um, another another misconception. Yeah, I mean it's always like most of the misconceptions are related to safety, but you know again you have to stick to the tourist areas and you have to know where you're going. And yes, I will agree there are areas where you know if if the people running the town or the city, don't, well, I will say the town, they wouldn't run an entire city, but if the people running the place don't know who you are, they will probably kill you, which uh, there are some areas in Mexico that are like that. But again, that's not the very touristy area. So just stick to those. And if you want to go off the beaten path, path make sure that you ask the locals and you go with people that knows. Yeah. Yeah, I think those are all really powerful um, statements that defy what the media projects about many of these countries, because yeah. I think a big one that you mentioned was that all of them are plagued by, you know, drug cartels. And like, if you set foot in the country, you're going to get killed. But um, of course, like everything is situational and dependent on the individual and you know like the time place like it just like things like this can happen anywhere and that's something 
that I mentioned in previous episodes. But yeah, no, yeah. and actually, actually, sorry. Well, yeah, um, and, and actually, the United States it's among one of the most dangerous countries now because you don't know when there's going to be a shooting, and and you and me we both live in the United States. I remember. Um, I was having actually another podcast interview and then I got a notification that there was a shooting like in a neighboring city. I'm like, okay, you know, so if you put it into perspective and we, if it comes down to numbers, I, I think that the United States will be up there when, when it comes to safety, like when it comes to countries that are not safe. Sorry. That is such a good point. I feel like when I tell people I'm going to this country, they're like, they always have reservations like, oh, it's dangerous. You shouldn't be going alone, blah, blah, blah. But like, I go downtown, like in Chicago by myself and they don't, they, ha- they don't have the same complaints. And yeah, it's, it's very interesting because the U.S. is <laughs> like not the best place either. And um, people don't like to think that about their own country, but it's like, it's reality. Um, but can you talk more about, um, safety tips or just um solo traveling in general like how how we can still be enjoy ourselves and go to these places but you know also be a smart traveler of course yeah if you're a woman traveling alone i mean there are like some goal like rules that of course you have to follow the first one is that if you I mean, don't walk alone at night. Make sure that you make a friend at a hostel or you make some friends online or, I mean, if you make friends online, make sure it is from a Facebook group or like couchsurfing and make sure that you guys meet at a public place first. Um, again, if you go um, if you go out at night, make sure you don't get drunk, specifically, especially if you're, if you are, um, if you're, a woman and you know you don't you don't want to be drunk and don't know and lose control of yourself um another one would be to keep your money and your valuables in different places like put some money on your shoes and like put some on your, i always carry a funny bag i love funny bags because it's like right there in front of me um and then you know just like have things in different places and the most valuable ones make sure you put them on a on a like funny bag or an invisible belt or you know one of those tools that keeps your things hidden. Also, make sure that you research tour companies or places that you're gonna go to. Like always, research is gonna be your best friend. You want to research your destination. You want to research the place you're going to stay around, and you want to research, um, yeah like just anything that comes to your mind everything is on the internet now and we have many blogs that tell you about you know someone's experiences at that place that you're planning to visit i will say another one which is i don't i don't know i don't i think that everyone does this but i think it's important to to not not to use headphones while you're traveling or walking alone because if you cannot hear what is happening around you like everyone can get you from behind really easily. So make sure not to wear headphones and that you are paying attention to your surroundings. Um, another one, this is this is a new one, but I mean, only do this if you want to like take a self-defense class. I, I, I've been doing self-defense since November and I just feel like how my confidence have gone through the roof. And like, if someone approaches me, I kind of know how to knock them down. So... <laughs> 
So I think that that will boost your confidence a lot. And also once I, I actually, once I asked a male psychologist, like what was his opinion about like women and like why, why some women get attacked and others don't. And like his answer was that it all comes down to confidence because the predators will always go after the easiest prey. And I think like the lesson here is that you don't want to be an easy prey and you want to, you know, be confident. Like people are like, see you and they're like, okay, I cannot mess up with this girl. And, and always have a plan, you know, if, if you are at a place, make sure where the, the exits are and, and just like try to, to think like two, three steps ahead. I know this is like, you're not going to be in, in high alert all the time. Not all places require this. If you're, like in an island where like safety is where there, nothing happened and safety is super good. I mean, of course you can relax, but you know, if you're walking from one place to another, it's always good to be alert. Uh, but I, I will think also the main one is like not to walk alone at night and um, yeah. And not to drink at night either <laughs> if you're alone. Yeah. Those are great tips. Do you have any insight on how we can decipher what we read online um as like to believe it or not because you mentioned mm-hmm. like to do your research and I totally agree with that but there's just so much conflicting information like for example if I type in is Mexico safe or is this particular place safe there's so many things that say yes so completely safe but then there's another one that says no don't go here so how do you do your own research like how do you decipher whether something is um like safe for you to go to. Got it. No, yeah, of course. The internet has all the in the the information in the world, and I mean, billions of people are are posting about their experiences, and you know, one percentage will be positive, one percentage will be negative. I would say that you know maybe set a number, like do do a statistics, let a statistic do do their work. Like for example, I don't know, look for ten references and ten blog posts. Like out of those ten. How many say it is bad? How many say it is good? Um, also, if you know someone from that place or someone that, if you personally know someone that has gone to that place, ask them, ask them directly. Um, and because they will give you a different insight that is not on a, a blog post or a podcast episode. Also, Facebook groups are a, a, a big tool. So once, if you post something, I'm going somewhere and and then you will receive like, 500 comments okay I went there and this and that so also if you receive that many amount of comments let numbers do their work as well and then also when it when it comes to good or bad experiences you actually you didn't know what that person was doing there Um, you don't know how that person was behaving either and uh, sometimes you know I remember when I used to go to Tijuana I, I was going to Tijuana pretty often for about three years and I love Tijuana. I, I find it like to be a super fun city and and nothing bad ever happened to me, even though I was there alone many times driving through bad areas because I will go to visit uh, orphanages. Nothing ever happened to me. Actually, my experience was that people was very nice, very friendly. I used to have actually more friends in Tijuana than in Los Angeles where I used to live. And that's it. If you ask me about Tijuana... 10 out of 10. But if you ask other people, they will say that it's super dangerous, that 
these many things happened to them. But when you start digging deeper, it was because these people went down to Tijuana to drink, to do drugs, to go to strip clubs, to get crazy. So if you're all drunk and drugged up on like on the streets, of course, you're going to be a super easy target and something bad is going to happen to you. So again, um, make sure that, you know, that you behave and and things should be positive. And something actually that I didn't mention on the last question, another rule I think when it comes to solo travel is to notice how women there are, are dressing. For example, when I was recently in Mexico City, something I noticed is that all the women I saw that were from there were wearing jeans or long pants. And I was the only one wearing a dress, even though it was a long dress. But actually someone from there told me like, oh, you, you should wear jeans. <laughs> not, not, like, because again, oh, they see, oh, she's dressed differently. So she must not be from here. So try to do everything in your power to not be an easy target. Hmm. Yeah, definitely, I would say try to blend in and mm-hmm. look like the locals. Don't be that tourist, especially that American tourist, <laughs> um, drawing so much unnecessary attention to yourself. Yeah, um, said. <laughs> and to that point, not only physically, but also the like the way you behave. Like, um, try your best to you know research the culture and the customs if there are any, um, and. Ultimately, it comes down to respect and also um, intuition. And I wanted to talk about that as well, because I love what you said in your own podcast about how traveling builds your intuition and how important it is to listen to what your mind is telling you um, and to ignore anything else because you know what's best for you. So can you talk about... um, how we can build our intuition, how we can listen to it when we travel. Of course, yeah. So I think that we're always trying to rationalize everything. And and I think that our body, like our bodies always know best than our mind. If you're in a place and you feel like that initial discomfort, that the energy is not right or something is not right, just follow it, just follow it. And, and I know at the beginning, it, Maybe it's not that easy because, again, we're always trying to rationalize everything and and trying to come up with answers and and just I don't know I don't know but <laughs> but our our minds like sometimes we just like don't listen to our bodies and then just then we pay for the consequences. But I I seriously I think that we as women we have like that enormous power which is intuition which sometimes we just know like if you if you take a time and just listen to your body like I don't know like to me it's always in my I feel something on my chest or on my belly and I'm like okay something is happening here and I should like pay attention or just leave and sometimes yeah we we are uncomfortable in a place and we stay because we want to be polite or we get to in, in a room and we feel like the energy isn't right. We don't want to leave because it doesn't like it's not polite or or what people would think about me. If it doesn't feel right, just leave. And especially when traveling, I don't know what happens when we travel that just like an intuition gets so much sharper than than back home. I don't know if because we're out of our routine and, and our bodies and our even minds are are more alert, of course. But 
yeah, just just listen to it. And, and it's like a muscle because, you know, so I feel that sometimes, again, because we rationalize everything so much, we're like kind of like suppressing our intuition and we're like trying to think about the rules and if we're being polite and what will people think about me if I leave. But when you're traveling, you don't own anything to anyone and you can just leave if you want to or you can just be rude if you want to, like whatever. But I mean, just to, just like pay attention to that initial feeling and like what is your body telling you? And I mean, as I said, for me, it's my chest or, or my belly and and I, I just know and I, I do it. Um, for you, you have to also to figure out how does it feel in your body? Like, is it your, your head, your hands? Um, do you get shaky? I don't know. So you have to get familiar with those sensations and feelings in your body and then when you travel as soon as you feel it you're like okay there's something that is not right here and just get out of there yeah definitely I think for one as women like like you were saying we have this I guess feeling of obligation towards people sometimes where we feel like we need to be polite or um I don't know just ignore our own desires um but we need to remember that we do not owe anyone anything and as travelers we we need to be looking out for our own best interests um so i would love for you to talk more about female solo travel and maybe um your experiences but also your advice for someone who's hesitant to do their own solo trip Sure. Yeah. Um, to me, solo travel. I mean, it had it has been a really big part of who I am right now. Uh, again, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episodes, I I was raised to think in a certain way and behave in a certain way. And to me, solo travel allowed me to experiment with life pretty much and and, and be like, okay, I'm just going to put myself in different environments just to see what happens and to see how. You know how I respond to it, and and also to learn. And some like I have learned so many things from other cultures and so other people and just just people that make a big impression when while you're on the road, and that has helped me so much because it has helped me to to know myself. If you're in the same environment every day, doing the same things every day, to get, talking to the same people every day, you don't know how you're going to respond to to other realities you know to other uh, environments and and you probably have heard this before that we are just a product of our current environment and also the people we hang out with so I think solo travel is just the way to really test who you are and to get to know yourself because again we don't know anything to anyone and if you travel and you just don't feel good hey you have total permission to be to be rude and just leave and also, if you are enjoying something, you don't want anything to anyone. You can stay there for as long as you want. Like, you know, I've been to places that where I plan to be there for two days and I stay for two weeks because I just absolutely loved it. And I was enjoying myself in ways that I just didn't do back home. Um, also, solo travel, you don't have any... Well, unless you're a digital nomad, but I mean, you don't have like any schedule constraints unless you commit to them and, you know, it's your choice to to follow through. But, you know, solo travel, uh, to, as I said, to 
to me it is everything and also what I would recommend women to solo travel is just to get to know themselves better uh, because again you're putting yourself in a different environment you are going to respond differently and you can even see it as an experiment to to be like oh okay I'm going to go to India let's see how how it goes do I feel good in crowded places do I do like do I like the smells or um, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to go to Latin America. Oh, I just realized that I don't feel good dancing. Or I just realized that I don't like this fruit that I never knew existed, and, but I tried. And then, you, you know, you start responding to these different environments and you start also creating new neural pathways. It's about like the, these different smells, these different things, these different uh, languages. And, and also, oh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Sorry. Um, different environments and oh and then also when it comes to relationships which is the thing that I love the most about solo travel is that since you get removed yourself from your current environment you start kind of like really auditing the the current relationships you have and see if they are serving you in any way or not it's like the way I see it's like kind of like zooming out on, on your current reality and see what works and what doesn't and also get, get exposed to different way of doing things and see if you want to adopt those behaviors and and way of thinking of that culture that you're visiting so yes everyone should solo travel and as a specifically as a woman because we all grow up with some sort of societal pressure and is up to you to decide if you want to follow through or not. And both of them are okay. You know, if you want to follow through to the world you were raised, that's great. And if you don't, that's great as well. But I think solo travel will help you to, to own that choice because it all comes down to that. I mean, our life is just a series of choices and we have to own every single one of them. Yes, I absolutely love that because for one, I think there's so much stigma around specifically female solo travel. And I love how you are such a big advocate um, for it. And if all those reasons didn't convince you guys to solo travel, like, I don't know what else could, because <laughs> those are all such great points why we should all take a solo trip at least once in our lives. Um, and I really want to uh, just touch briefly on the sexism that does exist within the travel industry because there's there's an um, I guess an expectation that society collectively has for um, male solo travelers versus female solo travelers. Like it's okay for men to do it, but for women, it's like no, you shouldn't because it's dangerous. But I love how um, your not only um, your podcast, but just um, yeah, everything that you're doing currently to defy that um, is super powerful. And so I want to just ask you one last question about what does travel mean to you? Uh, and how does that compare to how you first thought of travel, like when you first started versus now? Got it. I mean, when I first started to meet travel was a way to fill my curiosity. I, I just wanted to see everything and know everyone and do everything weird and 
just you know, like it was like, oh, you know, just doing different things, and I, I was doing like kind of like a, like a competition. I just wanted to like just travel everywhere and know everything. Right now, the way I see travel is more on a like personal growth way. It's like instead of like tackling from a place of oh, I want to see everything and do everything and blah. Now it's more like okay, what am I going to learn from from this country that I'm visiting and what I you know, how is it serving me in this stage of my life that I am right now? And do I want to travel to connect with the locals, to rest? I kind of like more mindful about it. And actually yesterday, someone uh, told me about a country that is giving away free tickets. I think it's China. And and then this friend was like, oh, well, like, you know, look at free tickets. Look at it, free tickets to China. And I was like, I, I asked her, would you go? And then she said, as long as it is free, I will go. And then it kept, it like, it, it made me think, like, it's it's really cool. But then I started thinking, I don't, I don't think that visiting China right now will serve me in any way. I'm not saying that China is a good or bad country, but it's just like the stage I am in my life right now. I don't think that I want to be uh, in a big city. If I travel, I don't want it to be a, to a big city because I remember it was uh, to Hong Kong now that they were selling giving the tickets away too and I was like I don't want to be in a big city with a lot of noise like like even if someone tells me to to go to New York right now I'm like I don't think I want to go to New York right now because it's not what the intention that I have for my future trips at the moment um, so I think as I said it, it's just like I, I'm more mindful about it and see what I, what I need in the moment because sometimes because something is free or cheap it doesn't really mean that that will serve you um, in what you need at the moment. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, all right. So I want to know what's your next trip? What are your future plans? And um, also leave uh, all your socials and where we can find you. Of course. Yeah. My next trip uh, coming up soon. I'm going to go to San Martin uh, in the Caribbean and then to relax because that's what I need to do at the moment. And then uh, my next big trip would be to Madagascar, which is uh, something that I've been planning for, not planning, I've been wanting to go for years, but, you know, never did it, never happened until this year. I was like, okay, I, I have to make this happen and I'll be going there in August. And if you're listening to this and you want to get in contact with me, uh, just look for the Solo Female Traveler podcast and you will find me in all platforms and then social media as well. Amazing. Okay. I'll definitely leave that in the show notes. Definitely everyone listen to the Solo Female Travelers podcast. Um, so much valuable information. And I love how it's specifically targeted for solo female travelers, which we need more of. We need more women <laughs> going out there living their best lives. <laughs> um, so thank you so much, Lou, for sharing. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here and listening to this episode. If you can take 10 seconds out of your day, please spread the travel love by following this podcast and giving it a rating. Or if there's anyone else in your life that has a case of wanderlust, it would mean so much if you shared this episode with them. You can find me sharing even more travel-related content on Instagram at God of Case of Wanderlust and on my personal Instagram at Lydia Schultz, double Z. I also have a travel blog for my extra passionate travelers out there, which can be found at godofcaseofwanderlust.com. And all of this can be found in the show notes.